Welcome to the Cashflow Canucks podcast, where Canadian entrepreneurs and investors come to learn about wealth creation. Experts in their fields will join your host, Peter Lount, to share their successes, challenges, and discuss opportunities. Join me and my guest, Bill Bishop, as we talk about the Big Idea Conversation. Bill is the owner of the Big Idea Company, which has been around since 1987 helping over 5,000 businesses launch ideas into the marketplace. Find out how you can get out of the old factory way of thinking. Welcome and enjoy. Bill, all right. Thanks for joining me this morning. I wanted to uh, just start with, just get an understanding of, maybe you can introduce yourself, who you are, what you do, and a bit about your journey. Absolutely. So, um, so I have a company. It's called The Big Idea Company. And I, I started it in 1987, so we're well into 30 years now. And, uh, and we have this program that we offer to entrepreneurs and business owners. It's called the um, Big Idea Adventure. So it's, a, it's an innovation packaging process. So what we do is we help people come up with their big idea or big ideas, uh, and then we help them package them, and then we help them launch their big idea into the marketplace. And since we started this particular program in 1998, uh, about 5,000 companies have done it, been in our program. So we've been in every industry and every kind of business, big and small, have been through that program, 5,000. So we've, we have really the interesting part of it, besides the fact that it's been successful, um, which is great, but it's also been really interesting because I end up meeting so many different people uh, and learning so much from them about their business, and I can and I can really see what's really going on out there, right? And one of the things that I've seen is that 99% of people right now, even today, uh, are caught in what I call old factory thinking. So I wrote this book called The New Factory Thinker. So I've, I've written up 11 books. Um, my most popular one probably is called How to Sell a Lobster. That's the most popular one that I ever wrote. It's published all over the world. Um, but in the last four years ago, yeah, four, no, three years ago, I wrote the book called The New Factory Thinker. And what I was trying to do is help people see that their way of thinking about business, which I call old factory thinking, uh, is not helpful. Um, it was helpful for about 200 years during the Industrial Revolution but it's not helpful now because we're not in the industrial revolution. So I, the book starts off by explaining the, what old factory thinking is and, and the problem with that. And then it goes into talking about new factory thinking, which is essentially what the marketplace is rewarding right now. It's a different way of thinking, but our brains aren't really wired for it. So, what I try to do is help them re, people rewire their brains. So, you know, when we talk about innovation, we often talk about technology. That's always seems to be the thing. But the biggest innovation we need is an innovation in how we think about business and the economy and everything on a really deep level. Because uh, if we don't do that, we're going to be going out into the marketplace with the wrong ideas and strategies and business models. So, uh, so what's happening right now during the pandemic is that this transition from 
old factory thinking, new factory thinking, which people were kind of taking kind of a leisurely journey to that, uh, is now been accelerated dramatically, right? Because one of the key things about the new factory is there's no factory. So it's a virtual business, the new factory. So as we go along, regardless of the pandemic, we're moving more and more to a virtual economy so that, you know, 10 years from now, probably 95% of the economy will be the virtual economy. Now that could happen faster now because of the pandemic. So, so what's been good is that now people are really, I mean, they were listening to me, but it was kind of like a, you know, important, but not urgent, but now they realize, oh yeah, it's actually important and urgent to start thinking about what our new factory is. So, so that's kind of the overview of what we've been up to is it's helping people build new factories now. Wow. Yeah. And so um, how has your message evolved over that time? Cause I don't think there was the same, you know, technology available 30 years ago that you have now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's interesting because actually I really started my business based on reading a book called the third wave by Alvin Toffler. And Alvin Toffler is probably more famous for his book, uh, Future Shock, which he wrote in the 70s. So the beginning of the 80s, he wrote a book called The Third Wave. And the third wave was saying, first wave was agriculture, the second wave is industrial revolution, and the third wave is the information age. I guess that's the way of describing it back then. Um, but I know I, I call it the new factory economy. Um, and I, I read that book, and I right, right from that was very inspired to create that kind of business for myself um, and to help people create that kind of business. So even, you know, in 1987, there was no internet, but there was still, you could go online, you could use modems to do things. Um, we started creating uh, bulletin board systems, um, which were kind of like the original social media, you know. Um, so I was kind of there when the whole internet was in its infancy and, you know, as far as commercial use of it. And, always been the underpinning of our thinking was that these this is where the opportunity is so so it was all pretty clunky back then <laughs> you know a cell phone was uh, $1,800 you know and a laser printer was $10,000 but you could see where it was all going you know so so what's happened of course now is that there's even more technology but what I see is that in like the fact that we have all this technology is that most people are, their brains haven't caught up yet to how to think about it. So if you want, I could give you a little overview of the old factory, new factory idea. Yeah. And I think to some of the stuff where I get into too, is some of the unlearning is harder than learning the new stuff, right? In terms of breaking down those walls within your brain, I think is yeah. probably the toughest part, but yeah, please go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So, so what I started realizing from talking to everybody, like, you know, I talk to all kinds of business owners every day, all, all the time. And what I um, started noticing was everybody was telling me the same story about their business. Because the first question I always ask is, well, tell me about your business, you know? And they would tell me the same story. It was like a three-part story. And I started going, that's really interesting. It doesn't matter what industry they're in or the, the kind of business. It's always the same story, which was step one. They tell me their product and service. So 
uh, we make hammers. We're in the, we're, we got a hammer factory and we make hammers. Okay, that's step one. What, what is the product or service? Step two is, well, then they tell me about their factory, right? Well, we've got this big factory with all these people in it and got 100 employees and you know, we're opening up another factory and they tell me all about that. And then the third part is they tell me about their sales and marketing, which is, well, we're, our goal is to sell, you know, 10 times more hammers next year and we have the sales force that goes out and we have a website and all that kind of thing. That's the same, it's the same story. It didn't matter what industry it was or whatever. They would follow up that story with all the complaining about their business. Okay, so tell me what your challenges are. Well, uh, well we have a lot of uh, competition. Like there's a lot of other people making hammers. The second thing is um, that's brought down the price of the hammer. So now our profit isn't very big and our overhead's going up because of this factory. So our margins are very slow. Low. And that we're, you know, really concerned we're going to get disrupted by some kind of new technology or something. Okay. So, or something else will happen like, oh, I don't know, a pandemic would happen or, or uh, the price of oil would drop or something. So they were always really scared that something would happen that would upset that whole idea. And, and yet they kept thinking about ways to solve that, but they could never really solve it because they hadn't ever realized that it was the story they were telling themselves about their business was actually the problem. Right. So then you say, well, why is that a problem? Well, think about it. So you, you, this is what 99% of people do because they just ask them. They'll tell you their, what their product is, what their hammer is. Therein lies the problem. They define their business based on a product. So we make hammers. So the whole thing is about that. You, it doesn't matter what you do. Like if everybody wants screwdrivers. They wouldn't switch to screwdrivers. They'd say, no, no, we don't do screwdrivers. We do hammers. So they're hung up on that when you were the, invented the hammer and no one had a hammer and you could sell millions of hammers and probably not have a lot of competition, right? It doesn't work that way anymore. So if your business is built around a product or service, you're in trouble because there's lots of competition that I, I call them. There's lots of penguins, turns it into a hot dog and you could get blockbustered, get disrupted. So, <laughs> and that's what's happening right now, right? They're, they, had, they, they had a lot of penguins. They, had, they were selling hot dogs. And now they've all, and so many of them have been blockbustered by the pandemic. And so and that, falling oil prices. But that, so the, a lot of companies are now trying to go online right away. And you're saying that's not necessarily going to fix your problems, right? Yeah. So I'm selling hammers and now I'm going to use Zoom. And that's somehow going to be the answer. That's not going to work, right? It's like, okay, well, nobody wants to talk to you on Zoom about hammers. Nobody wants to buy a hammer right now. So. Right. So, you know, oil company can go on Zoom all at once, but if the price of oil is negative, <laughs> it's like, you know, you can't even give it away, then it doesn't help. So, so that's what I'm saying. It's not about the technology we have to innovate. It's all, you know, it, it's actually a bit of a delusion, right? We'll get, oh, I'll add technology to this, but that isn't it. So it has to, you have to go deeper. So I, I, so I go, I tell people, I said, look, I'm not telling you to get rid of your old factory. I'm actually going to try to help you sell more hammers, but we're going to think beyond that, we're going to keep our old factory and we're going to have a new factory. We're going to have this new factory that um, is a separate thing, but connected. All right. So now we can think differently and use new factory thinking for that one. And, and this one will be the virtual business that will be way, could potentially be way more successful, could scale it much more, would be future-proof, and would be much more fun to, to run because you wouldn't be constantly afraid that something's going to happen. Okay. So you, you want to hear about it? <laughs> the new factory yeah. looks like? Okay. So 
So, um, so one thing I'd preface this is that the people, it's, at first it seems a little hard to get your mind around it, but as soon as you get your mind around it, it doesn't take very long. You get very excited because you can see, oh, there's so much opportunity now. All, all of that negative thinking will be replaced by this incredible positive thinking about all the opportunities. So it works like this. There's five steps to this. And companies like Amazon, Google, Facebook, uh, Apple, they all use it. So those are the big, you know, and people say, well, those are big companies that, no, they got to be big companies because they use this way of thinking. That's the key. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So, and you can start to see how they do that. So the first thing is they don't think about a product or service first. Think about who you want to help. You start with that. So your, your business is defined not by hammers now, but by, okay, who do I want to help? So let's stay in the same area. I want to work with, uh, you know, building contractors. I want to help building contractors, right? There's millions of them all over the world. I want to help them. Okay, so that's, that's what my business is, is to help building contractors. Anything I could do to help building contractors is make sense within this business. If, if that's something they might give us money for. Okay, that's a different way of thinking, isn't it? On the other hand, we're saying I want to sell hammers and sell lots of hammers. This way I say I work with business, and that's it. I don't do screwdrivers. But in this way, I help building contractors in any way I can. So we, we build what we call a value hub around them. So if you look at Apple, for example, they used to be computers, old factory. Now they're, they're a new factory. They have a value hub, right? They still have computers, but they have phones and watches and uh, iPads and apps and movies and everything, right? Credit card. So they've built a same with Amazon, right? So, so that's the first thought. It's a completely different way of thinking, very challenging for people because they say, well, I'd lose my focus then. And I said, well, you're defining focus wrong. In the old factory focus was I focus on hammers. The new factory is I focus on helping those building contractors. So that's actually a better focus because it's not about you, it's about them, right? It's still focus. Okay, so then the second step is that we have a big idea. So the big idea, it, there's a lot of ways to, to talk about the big idea, but it's something new, better, and different that takes everything to a much higher level. And what we want is to, to be something universal about it, like that we're trying to help, let's say we're trying to help building contractors uh, triple their income. That's our goal. We have this big goal. I'm going to help building contractors triple their income. And I'm going to tell them that. I'm trying to help you triple your income. Now, I'm not promising it. It's just what my intention is. And I'm trying to figure out all the ways I can help you with that. So you can see that the first two are future-proof, right? Because building contractors, hopefully they'll always be out there, and to helping them triple their profits. I don't think that our income, that would never go out of date, right? No matter what happens. No matter what happens in the world. Okay? So third step is free value. But we don't sell anymore. We just go out into the marketplace and we say, look, I want to meet building contractors. What value can I provide to them for free? to get them at least to listen to me. So you might have a free, in the virtual world, free webinar, free reports, free videos, free podcasts like yours, things that will attract those kind of people. And when you do, you make them a subscriber. So they become a free subscriber. They get on your mailing list and you send them out. Like they might be just following you on Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn or you have an email, but are all of those, but they're all your subscribers, right? Okay. 
So you're creating that subscriber base because that becomes your own marketplace really, right? That's step three. So step four is we create a, what I call membership program of some kind. And that can be, you can, call, you can call them whatever you want. I just call them members, but you call them partners or participants or whatever, uh, community members or something. But they, um, they're now giving you money. And you have different levels of membership. Um, and it could be just uh, ongoing membership or it could be a one-time fee or it could be $5 or it could be $5 million. But the idea is that they feel like they belong to something and they become a member. So you think about Amazon, they have Prime membership, right? So you don't have to have Prime membership to use Amazon. You'd be a subscriber, but you get the Prime membership, you're a member, and then you get all sorts of special benefits. They have 100 million members paying $100 a year. That's $10 billion a year that Amazon gets. And the one thing about that is that the uh, members usually spend on average $1,600 a year with them and a non-member spends $600 a year. So members buy more, just by the fact that they're paid a membership fee and that they are, um, they feel like they belong to something, right? That's step four. And then step five is we have the one-stop store. So now that you have all these members, then you can sell them all kinds of stuff. So we're gonna sell them hammers. But now we have no problem selling the screwdrivers because we go to the screwdriver company and we say to them, listen, we've got all these members, would you like to sell your screwdrivers? And they say, well, to them, and you say, well, sure. And say, well, we want 30% or something, 10%, 30%, whatever. And, uh, and then they, the member goes, yeah, I should buy my screwdrivers through this because I'm going to get some kind of deal or something, right? So now suddenly the new factory is the conduit of all those other kinds of resources. And that has unlimited potential, of course. So those are the five steps. That's just what the marketplace rewards right now. And eventually, everyone will be a new factory. Because if you're not a new factory, then you're probably out of business. And, it's, and that's what's happening right now. It's all the old, there's so many old factories, unfortunately. I'm not happy about it. They'll go out of business. And, and the unfortunate, really unfortunate part is they had time to create their new factory when, when things were good, but they didn't. So. Right, that's what, that was one of my next questions was, you know, I, I know like the, the product is what they sold and now, you know, like you're still picking a niche, but it's facing the client, right? That's your niche yeah. really. Yeah. Now. New niche. Our new niche. Right. Yeah. And, or would they say riches are in the niche, client right? Niche. Customer niche. Customer. Now, are there some businesses that just are not built to transform to this new factory? other than not like doing it the right way, but there is some that are just are not going to survive this. I mean, at the pandemic, there's definitely going to be companies that are not going to make it, but are there ones that are just not built to, to go to the, to the new factory? Well, I, I think everyone has the potential to do it. Um, it's whether or not when they hear this message, right? Okay? Because if you don't hear this message, you don't know what's possible. Because you can't look, if you're an old factory thinker and you look at Amazon and Apple and Facebook, I'm just using the more famous ones, they can't see that there's something that they could do like that too. Like they can't see that because they're looking at it through the old factory lens, right? So, so really, unfortunately, it's not that they're not capable of it. It's just that they won't 
get the message or do something about it. Because the other, usually when I give my talks in my, like my used to do the live ones, but even my webinars, um, is that about 10% of people are really raring to go and want to do something like this. And maybe they're already been thinking of this way, right? And about 60%, at least this was pre-pandemic, were like, well, yeah, this is great, but I'd really like to do it one day, but not right now. I'm too busy selling hammers. And then there was about 30% of people that would get really angry because they would feel like I was threatening their livelihood and saying, well, you know, hammers are going out of business kind of thing. At least they were awake, but the anger was the worst strategy, right? Because, you know, it'd be like the taxi companies getting mad at Uber, you know, like it's the wrong direction. It's like more or less like, well, why don't you figure out how you can be like Uber or something? Like come up with your own new factory or something. Because it's it's the way the world's going, right? So so um, so I I'm very enthusiastic and supportive of everyone, but I do see that a lot of people are very um, well. They don't want to change, right? So that's that's what's going to undo them. And I guess now with this, it's kind of like an open playing field now with the pandemic going on. Opportunity to make that shift. Um, can it be right away or is it gradual? Does it depend on the business you're in in terms of just in terms of making that shift? It's an instant thing because you see the new factory, as soon as you have the idea for it, it exists. It's instant, right? So this is what I tell people. As soon as they go through my, I have a, like a free session I do with people. So if they want to do it with me, I I call it the big idea um, conversation. Is that and like I a one-on-one to, conversation? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and I'll help them figure out their big idea, right? Um, and that, that's what I'm willing to do for everybody if they want. But, the, uh, but as soon as they have it, I go, well, now you have, that, you have a new factory. You could go do that today. You could walk out the door. Well, maybe not walk out the door right now. <laughs> you could go online and talk to a building contractor and say, I'm going to have a conversation to help you figure out how to triple your income, even now during the pandemic. You want to have that conversation and try to brainstorm with them to do that. That, that's it. That's it. You're in business. You've got a new factory going, right? You can start to add embellish it to it, create a website, you know, have a, like a Facebook page, and everything. but you could start your new factory immediately by just saying, I'm going to try and help that person achieve that big goal. And then you've got a new factory and, and there's no excuse not to do it. So what I tell people right now during the pandemic, I said, identify your best customers, and call them up and say, look, I'm going to try to help you be successful during this pandemic. Let's have a conversation to figure out how that can be. And I'm open to doing anything maybe that would help you that, like, that I haven't done before. That's what we have to do, right? We have to say, I, I have to be open to trying something else. And, and that's where the old factory thinking gets in the way, right? I sell hammers. Why would I be helping the building contractor by having a meeting with them to talk about their business? Well, it might help you sell more hammers, but it also might reveal that there's a whole bunch of other things that you could do for the building contractor where you could make money. So, but that's the biggest block right there. You know, right now, there's so many people out in the marketplace right now saying, this is what I do. And no one wants to buy that or I can't provide it because we have shut down. And that's the end of the story. And they'll wait until it all opens up again. Whereas mm-hmm. other people are saying, maybe there's something else people need right now. So I talked to a guy who has restaurants, a bunch of restaurants, right? So that's really bad because it can't open up. He has all that overhead. But he's created a whole new factory where he's delivering food and he has this whole process to make sure that it's all 
you know, hygienic and it doesn't have the virus. And he immediately went into, okay, what do they need now, right? So, so that kind of person uh, will at least survive this, if not, you know, create a whole new kind of business, right? Whereas the other people go, well, I, you know, it's what I do. I don't do anything else. And they got old factory thinking, and that's not going to help them. And so really, the, yeah, that's that mind shift that really has to take place. In terms of for your process, you're talking the big idea. Do you get into some of the micro strategies within that to step them through the process or have a... Yeah, yeah. No, the the process that we have, like beyond the free stage, is the big idea adventure, which is a very detailed process. That's what the 5,000 companies have done, right? So it's, it's, yeah, we have the idea. Now, how do you get it from there to being a you know, an ongoing business that's really a thing. So that's what we do. It, it, it takes about nine months overall if okay. you did the whole thing. But, uh, but like I say, you can start right away and actually start making money almost immediately when you do this. Um, but as we go along, we, we build it out to be, you know, a full-blown new factory business, right? So, so yeah, so there's a, there is a very methodical process. So, you know, I mean, if somebody wanted to read about that process, they could read my book, The New Factory Thinker, which they can get on Amazon. Okay, I was going to ask that. Yeah. I've got a whole. <laughs> you just added a bunch of books to my uh, to my library. You yeah, added to my library. Well, they're all behind me here. Yeah, yeah. Video, but, um, yeah. So, so that it really explains the whole thing, right there. And then if people want help, I can do the the session with them, but. And how else do you get out to people? Are you, um, I think you said you have a podcast as well. Uh, right. Well, yeah. What I, what I do is I do webinars. Um, okay. So I, I do my own. And then I, I, like today, I'm, you know, someone's hosting me to give a webinar to their network of people. Right. Okay. So, so I'm open to doing that with anybody. So if they want me to give this talk the new, with slides and all that kind of thing, um, I do webinars. Uh, for people, I don't charge anything to do them. I, I, you know, it's just me helping me get the word out. Um, so that's something. If anyone has a network and they want me to present that, um, I also have a, you know, a website about this. Just it's newfactorythinker.com that you can go and you can you can watch a video, the whole video. It's like an hour. You want to sit through it? Got lots of time right now, um, and it explains the entire thing from beginning to end. Uh, with lots of examples, and uh, Peter, I'll send you that. My, so you can yeah, watch please that. do, please do, and I can post that out. And you can um, post that. Um, yeah, so I'm on. I'm on a bit of a mission. You know, I've I've been successful. I, you know, I don't want to retire. Um, so I I I can I can afford to be very generous with my time and you know and everything because I I really see this as my way of helping the world. Right? It's like this is very important like if you look at all the trouble we're going through even before the pandemic politically and around the world it's really that painstaking shift from the old factory to the new factory and when 99 percent of people make their money from the old factory world economy but as it slowly dries up that you know it creates a lot of problems right so but if no if there's no alternative then big problem but here I am saying, no, no, there actually is a, a shift we make. Just like we made a shift from agriculture to, you know, people working in factories, right? Like 100 years ago, 90% of people worked on farms. 
right. you know, and then they, and now it's like less than 10% work on farms. So what happened? And they would have said, well, what will everyone do? What jobs will they do if they don't work on a farm? And if you said to them, oh, well, they would be a social media manager or a mindfulness coach or a yoga instructor or, you know, or, you know, a, a podcaster, they'd say, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. So that's going to be true. When we look back, uh, you know, let's say in 2050 or something, 90% of the jobs people will do and things they'll do were not invented today. But there'll be amazing jobs and there'll be way better jobs and there'll be more of a lucrative jobs. And, and that's, what's, that's where we're going. And it's not a bad thing. It's just very painful to make the switch. Yeah. yeah now, you've been very successful. You've helped over 5,000 companies built over 30 plus years to get to this point. Now we're, you're kind of, you're in the right place you, for sure during this time. How yeah. has your business changed or adapted through this? Were you seeing your time spent now more so during this time versus like three months ago? Right. Well, that's a good question. So, so what I did was, and you see, the thing is, the day I started my business in 1987 was the day the stock market crashed. You probably weren't even born, right? <laughs> okay. Right. Stock market crashed. Worst stock market crash since the Depression. The day I started my business. So that really informed me. It informed me it said, as I'm running my business, there could always something bad could happen out of nowhere. It could really screw things up, right? So that was a, that was a huge um, thing I learned. But I also learned, and, and really there was like five or six times this has happened in those 30 years. So I always knew that I had to adapt right away, like right away, not wait around, think about it, just right away. So when the pandemic happened, I said to myself, okay, what do people need now? that they didn't need before. And I thought, well, they need to create a virtual business. Oh, guess what? That's what I've been doing all these years anyway. But I needed to repackage the idea around my what I did. So I created a program called the Virtual Business Success Program. Okay? And essentially, it's just sort of a repackaging of what I already do, really, but with some new elements to it. So created a whole program about helping people create a virtual business. So I created webinars, free ones, paid ones. I've written, uh, redone some of my books. Um, I have a coaching session I do and a whole program around it. So already we've had at least a hundred people pay for the paid webinar. We've had, uh, you know, a couple of dozen do the, the uh, planning session we have. And we've had three members in our, you know, $10,000 virtual business program. This is since the pandemic happened. Wow. And, you know, I, I, I think you know, for me, I'm very happy because it's kept my business going in this whole thing, but I'm also happy because it's been helping people. Right. And, but the key was that I said, you've got to, you've got to create something new right now. Not, you know, what could it be? Just like the restaurant guy did, right. He created something new. He didn't wait. He just said, we're going to deliver food. That's it. They're not coming into the restaurant, but we're not shutting down. We're going to deliver it to them. So, so that's what's happened in my case. So it's, it's been, I've been the beneficiary of my own new factory thinking, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people think it's a big shift, but it's not really that much of a shift a lot of times too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but it, it, the, so that starts with, okay, who are my customers and what do they need right now that they didn't? So I guess if you go to them with a hammer right now, they probably say, well, I don't need one right now. I'm not, 
hammering anything. So that's not going to work, right? And maybe they never will again. Maybe it will never come back. So you've got to be careful if you just sit around. Um, you got to start to get on it and start thinking about, right? Because I, th I really think this pandemic will go on for a while and it's going to completely change the world because it was already changing anyway, but now it's going to change it faster. Right. That's what the history will show. The, the world change. I mean, in my book, New Factory Thinker, I said, well, there's all kinds of things that could screw up old factories. factories. And I said, like the oil, price oil dropping, a pandemic, or a terrorist attack. We'd already had the, those. Um, and they were, that was right in my book. You know, I, this is what I said. I also said that, uh, that things like oil will eventually become more or less free because of the trend to dematerialization, which is another thing altogether. <laughs> okay. And that, uh, I woke up this morning, I went, wait a minute, that happened. It's not even less than free. And, you know, I didn't think it was going to happen in this way, you know, so dramatically, but I saw that too. That the, these things that we take for granted are all changing. We're going through a huge shift. It's, the, it's not just the pandemic. We're going through a gigantic shift from old factory world to new factory. And it's going to completely change the world. The world will be unrecognizable. It doesn't mean bad. It just means it will be, I mean, I think it'll be good, but it won't look like the world we're in right now. It'll be so different. No one, and, and, it, and we won't be able to predict it. It'll just be, I just know, that's the only prediction I'll make is the world will be unrecognizable. I mean, just imagine somebody in 1900 pops into the world right now. Let's put the pandemic aside. What would they, they would be, they wouldn't get it. They would be completely like, what is, well, it's, now it's going to happen faster. Like 20 years from now, it'll be the same. If you went 20 years in the future right now, you wouldn't know what was going on. You'd be completely lost, right? Yeah. You know, so that's kind of what's going on. So people need to start thinking about the future a lot. It's my message. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, I appreciate the time you've uh, shared um, your message and how you're helping people. Um, I think you've already given me kind of how to get in touch. Can you just repeat that back just so I have that um, captured? Um, best way for people to contact you? Yeah, well, my email is bill at bishopbigideas.com. So that's plural, bishopbigideas.com. Bill at bishopbigideas.com. You can go to my website, bishopbigideas.com. You can look at a, the other website about New Factory Thinking. That's newfactorythinking.com. And there they'll find, they can go and get a, they can watch your video, um, you know, if they're, in, if they're more interested in having that one-on-one -on -one session, is that something that... Yeah, they can schedule that right there. There's okay. a button they can push and it'll schedule it. They can do that. And um, yeah, so that's that's how they can go to the next step and learn more about it. Or they can go to Amazon and buy the book. If they want. Right. Yeah. Right. Very good. Okay. So, well, well, thanks for sharing your big idea and, and your time too, right? I think um, the idea of cash flow connects is to really go and help people make that shift too, right? To help, you know, people grow. And I think, you're right, more so than now, I think there's no better time to, to make that shift than now, right? Right. Yeah, for sure. Okay, thank you. So. Thank you for taking time to listen to the Cash Flow Canucks podcast. You'll be able to find out more about our guests and how to connect with them in the show notes for this episode. 
Would you like to learn the secret way savvy investors and smart entrepreneurs are turning their expenses into positive cash flow? Then you want to read the Infinite Banking Concept book. For a limited time, I am giving away free copies of this book valued at $30. If you want a copy, just email me, Peter, with the subject line book to peter at cashflowcanucks.ca. Again, if you want a free copy of the Infinite Banking Concept book, just email me at peter at cashflowcanucks.ca with the subject line book and your mailing address and I'll send you a copy. You'll finally understand how the wealthy elite is turning everyday expenses into cash flow. Just email me at peter at cashflowcanucks.ca.